This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. Guess what day it is today, Monday the 11th of October 2021. Big day for New South Wales people. It's a really big day for New South Wales people. It's exciting. You've you guys in New South Wales have worked really, really hard to get to this point. The vaccinations are happening in just incredible numbers. And yet there seems to be a sense of anxiety among people that I'm talking to, at least not just in New South Wales, but in the ACT and in Victoria as well, that as things are getting better and we're moving towards reopening, there's this anxiety about what it's going to mean when we we leave the safety of our own homes and start to mix again and what that's going to mean for our safety and the safety of the people that we love. Well, let's start with Victoria with that safety. I realise the anxiety is more acutely in New South Wales at the moment, but Victoria's got a rising weekly, you know, a rolling average for the last seven days and it's concerning and the virus is right across the city and it's in some regional areas as well. So when you've got a lot of virus around, that gets quite nerve-wracking. However, and this will be true of New South Wales as well, the COVID commander, Jerome Weimer, was saying yesterday that the two-thirds of people being infected are under the age of 40 and a quarter are under the age of 20. I mean, it's starting to look like Israel in many ways because um, in Israel, 50% of people are under 18 or 20. And just using that statistic... It is a source of of anxiety. So there's two sources of anxiety. One is, will the hospital numbers really increase as as you relax and the numbers increase? And that is possible. So even though you've got younger groups of people who are going to get less severe disease and you've got high rates of vaccination, you are going to, if numbers go really high, you will see high numbers of hospitalizations, even though they're much lower than they would have been last year without vaccination. That's one concern, that hospitals will be overwhelmed. And that's the concern of governments. The other concern that people have is particularly over young people. So if you're grandparents, you've got primary age grandchildren, your parents are primary, or you're a parent of primary age children, knowing that the disease, and it's as we predicted, uh, with some criticism, by the way, on Coronacast some months ago, that COVID-19 will become a paediatric disease, will become a childhood disease. And that's what it's progressively becoming because older age groups are indeed immunised. The school's opening up a bit earlier than they were predicting in New South Wales. What's the worry for children and um, how are they to be protected? And then a bit of worry about yourself about getting infected as well. Yeah, I think that for some people, though, it's just the uncertainty. Like as much as it's really, really hard to stay home and the restrictions and you're being separated from the people you love and workplaces and all of that sort of thing, it's predictable. When you're at home, you know that as long as you're at home, you're probably fine. And there's this uncertainty about going back out again when we've gotten used to this lockdown life. That's right. And the fact of the matter is that we're all, we're all going to get infected with COVID-19 at some point, even though we've been immunised. Most of us won't know we've had it or it'll be a mild disease if you've been immunised, but most of us will get it. At the moment, it would be really inconvenient to get it for most people who are vaccinated if they're going back to work. That's a reason why I'm, for instance... I'm not going to go back to the gym because I I see the gym as a high-risk environment for catching it, even though everybody's going to be vaccinated. And I just can't afford not to have time at work and be isolated for a couple of weeks, Um, although that may change with time. So, yes, I think people are nervous. They're not going to necessarily move out quite as quickly as people think. 
that will vary a lot by suburb and by groups of people. And the people who are really worried are people in Aboriginal communities because Aboriginal communities still have relatively low rates of immunisation compared to the rest of the community, both in regional areas and in the cities. And we've seen Aboriginal leaders say, you know, let's just slow down a little bit until we've got Aboriginal communities more highly immunised because they are at high risk. And we've had some Aboriginal people dying. Yeah, we talked about some of the drivers for that a couple of weeks ago with Tani Jash. If you want to scroll back through your feed and listen to that episode of just how complex it is to get good vaccination coverage in Aboriginal communities. Norman, what do you make of this idea of Victoria's push towards a vaccinated economy where they're looking at opening up to quite large numbers for things like the Melbourne Cup, but only for vaccinated people? Is this a good test of the system? Well, it's a risky test of the system um, at this point, um, although they'll be at 80% at that point, maybe even a bit higher. But at 80% coverage of 16 plus, it's 64% of the population thereabouts. So that's still 36% of people unvaccinated, including young kids. So there is a risk there. But Melbourne Cup, it's mostly outdoors. The problem with Melbourne Cup is getting there on the train, pinch points as you go through the styles. So there, there are risks involved with that. But the question is, how willing are we to take those risks? Similar to the issue over the nine o'clock fireworks in New South Wales towards the end of this year, where it will be, at that point, 90% of the population over 12 will almost certainly be covered, as it will be in Victoria. So will you open up the 9pm fireworks? And the question about the 9pm fireworks is, a lot of kids will go who are unvaccinated. And so are we willing to just let kids be infected before they can be vaccinated when most of them will only suffer a very mild form of the disease, but some will get sick. That's a question that we're getting from a lot of parents. Jerry's written in asking about his daughter who will have had her first jab but not her second jab by the time school's going back. And I think it really speaks to this general concern among parents of what they need to be doing to make sure that they've adequately protected their kids as they go back to school. If you look at Victoria, for example, Victoria is really going to town on making, trying to make schools safe places with HEPA filters, with ventilation audits and so on. And I think parents need to have a conversation with the school about what they've done about ventilation. Have they got CO2 monitors in the classroom to check if they're getting stuffy and too much CO2 suggesting there's got to be ventilation? The extent to which they're going to insist on primary school age kids to be masked up. So in New South Wales, it's mandatory for year seven and beyond, but that's going to be a vaccinate, paradoxically, that's a vaccinated population. Whereas uh, under 12s are not vaccinated, and it's only recommended in the in primary school. Now, there's lots of things we ask kids to do. I would have thought masking is little, is is something that we should be asking kids to do, and most of them will take it up and do it. And even if it's not 100% of kids, if it's 80%, it's still some protection. So on high schoolers, we know that it's rare, but it's more common for young men or young boys to get a certain side effect after the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, Norman. And there's a bit more data that's come out about that recently. Yeah, three countries in Scandinavia have taken Moderna off for uh, young men, I think under the age of 30, because they've, a study which is yet to be published um, has reportedly shown a higher risk with Moderna of heart muscle inflammation and the surface of the heart being inflamed, that's called pericarditis, in young men. Not necessarily more severe. It tends to be a self-limiting condition, meaning that three or four days you're usually past it. Some some kids do have to go into hospital. It's mostly young men who get uh, affected, affected by this. 
Um, and the recommendation is that uh, under 30, that you, for men in these countries, you have um, Pfizer. But Pfizer's been associated with the same uh, side effect, hasn't it? That's right. But the reportage is that Moderna has a higher rate of this problem than Pfizer. And therefore, you would revert to Pfizer because it's got a lower risk of the myocarditis. So we've, we're doing this a bit blind, although I think the TGA implies that they're aware of the risks. Apparently, Ontario has made the same observation in Canada. Okay, but if I'm a if I'm a young man, which I'm not, or I'm a parent of one, how do I then decide, like, how do you weigh this risk? How serious is it and compared to the actual risk of COVID itself? They're not stopping all vaccination of uh, young men in those countries and the, province of Can- and, and the provinces in Canada. What they're saying is, go to Pfizer rather than Moderna. There is some explanation for this in terms of Moderna being a higher dose mRNA vaccine. So it may well, you know, it is explicable by the fact that Moderna is a higher dose vaccine. So there has been a study, again, a preprint. It's not been peer reviewed. So you've just got to take that into consideration of about three and a half million people versus controls looking at the incidence of heart disease, stroke, pericarditis, myocarditis, heart failure and blood clots that spread to other parts of your body as a result of actually having the viral infection itself, COVID-19. And suffice it to say, there are hugely increased risks, you know, 50% increased risk of stroke, abnormal rhythms of the heart, an 80% increased risk, uh, myocarditis, a 50% increased risk, uh, heart attacks, 60% increased risk. So that's all from the infection itself. So the risk of uh, myocarditis from the vaccine, even Moderna, is much lower than that. So that just puts it into perspective. We are in a funny moment in time, are we, aren't we, where we've got some vaccines for this disease, but more vaccines will come down the track. In another couple of years, there'll probably be a preferred vaccine for young men that protects you against the virus but doesn't have these side effects. It just It's not here yet. It's not here yet, and we'll just have to wait and see what vaccines like Novavax have in store, but we don't know when we're going to get Novavax yet. That's still a bit of a mystery. So you want to get covered now. And the fact of the matter is, parents of 12 to 15-year-olds are marching forward. They're getting immunised at a huge rate. Well, that's all we've got time for on today's CoronaCast. If you've got questions or comments, you can go to abc.net.au slash coronacast and leave them there. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. See you then.